Warm the Hockey Podcast. We are back after some technical difficulties. Um, hopefully, we've got it figured out. We're testing some microphones as we record this one, but hopefully, we've got it sorted. Um, if only we hadn't gotten rid of Louie so long ago. You're back in studio, um, which is nice. Um, yeah, definitely. Our favorite goaltender is out of town. Uh, He's back in BC. He wanted to record last week, um, but we uh, couldn't pull that one off. So. Uh, due to the technical difficulties. But we've got a number of things to cover this week. We'll cover together, and uh, hopefully all works well with the microphones and the recording and all that stuff. So, Warm Hockey Podcast. I'm Evan Rauer. Enjoy. Where do we begin? Yeah, uh, Arizona. (laughs) Got to talk about Arizona. That's a big one. Um, Just you have to. Um, That's kind of the, the main one. So, Arizona... Wanted to build a new arena. They they put it they put it to the the forgive the purring if you hear a cat in the microphone. We've got a, a cat in studio, so um, they wanted to build a, a new arena. I believe it was in Tempe, correct? Yep, it was um, unanimously rejected. Yep, and and still Bettman says he's right behind that franchise. Yeah, still Bettman says it, um, but they unanimously rejected it. The franchise and Bettman say they're going to pursue other options within Arizona. Um, again, to me, the big indicator will be how much longer the 31 other owners are willing to, to participate. That would be exactly right. Until they say no, let's get them someplace where they're viable, and Salt Lake is the best option. Salt Lake's a good option. Um, they've got an NBA franchise, so that's a sports town. They've got the Utah Grizzlies and the ECHL. They've got different things in place it's, it's been a good hockey market uh, for the minor leagues in the past and so it's uh, it makes all the sense in the world it makes much more sense to me than houston uh than portland or any of the other stuff that's been kicked around i, I just don't see any of them being practical from a hockey fan standpoint and from a travel standpoint anything better than than salt lake i've heard milwaukee in the rumor mill Milwaukee's in the rumor mill it wouldn't be horrible with the Milwaukee Admirals and things like that um that's how viable that rumor is I don't know I have heard and this is more expansion rumors than relocation rumors but I have heard uh Houston Sacramento and um the good old ATL again at (laughs) Atlanta Wouldn't that just be poetic? Here you've got a perfectly good building in Hamilton, Ontario. You got a perfectly good building in Quebec City, and you got big, huge built-in fan bases there ready to go. And you're going to try to force it into a market like Atlanta that you've been that that has completely been a a two-time flop. You deserve it. I mean, if anybody tries that again, you deserve whatever that costs, including the board of governors. Well, did you a new note Dana White from the UFC came out and ripped the NHL for their marketing oh okay. he said that he said that, the no. league is full of a bunch I can't remember the exact quote but they're full of a bunch of old outdated whatever and their marketing sucks and I can't disagree there there's an aspect to the way they market themselves that hurts because Objectively, you have to look at the game of hockey as arguably the best game, the best sport, the best game. But because of the marketing, because of the push, they're they're ranked ratings-wise, I think, fourth among the big five or four or five major sports. And so because they don't market it properly, they don't they don't push it properly. And, you know, we're and we're to the point in that regard where you can't really cling anymore to the old old classic way of doing things because the game is just changing the game is different you get your your austin matthews coming out of arizona which if the arizona franchise wasn't there would austin matthews be be around you get uh trevor zegris um how many years ago you got um emerson edom and bo bennett out of california right right? you get these these kids that are coming up in these newer markets that you wouldn't normally have if you weren't if the game weren't there, and so the 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 reality of it is is you you need 
and I'm not claiming to be the expert, but you need proper marketing in place to, to further grow the game, to appeal to a younger audience. That's why right, wrong, or indifferent, you saw a number of teams relax at their game day dress code and things like that. They're trying to draw in the younger crowd because one, and one of the things with that being, um, we can debate the good and bad of it, but one of the, th the things that other sports have is players have individuality. Right. Right. Every single hockey player shows up at the rink in a, in a coat and tie. And while that's professional and while that's, you know, Tradition. traditional, there's no individuality. So you, you, so you don't, aside from somebody's wrist shot or, or how they look on the ice, it's hard for a kid to go, I want to be like him. Right. Whereas well, now, helmets don't help that either. Where now, you see, now you see Austin Matthews in, in doing photo shoots in magazines, representing clothing companies, and you see this and that, and now you have kids going, that's a fashion trend. That's, a, that's, a guy, that's somebody I can idolize. You know, and we can so, we can step back and debate about idolization and about whatever. Nah. But but the point is, it's something for kid younger generations to look to to go. I want to play hockey because I want to be like Austin Matthews. Is this a is this the right time? And and full one hundred percent respect for Dana White and what he's built. He's got a juggernaut, and he is a he knows what he's doing. And he just merged. They just merged with WWE. There you go. Twenty one billion dollar. Yeah. They merged so, one company, WWE yeah. Professional Wrestling, and the UFC. I rest my case. However, this might be a good time for me to complain about how I don't think the league is marketed properly to people like me. I think it's too young. Like, why are you trying to cater to the 10-year-olds? What about me? What is wrong? And then Dana White comes out, who knows maybe more about marketing than anybody on earth, and says they don't know what they're doing because it's all about old guys. Okay, okay. The thing I will say in defense of it, though, is you're not, you're not pushing to make the NHL. You're not, you're not somebody the NHL wants to draw in to participate in the game anymore. You're no. you're not you're not that. What, I just represent a season ticket holder and a sponsorship sure. opportunity. But and that's things but like that's that. the marketing that's the marketing struggle with the NHL. Right. Is they're either all or nothing one way or the other or whatever whatever it may the issues may be, but the struggles are there marketing wise that they, they don't have the balance to go, you know what, we need to show the respect for our season ticket holders and for how they view the game. But they and us need to understand that the game is growing and adapting and changing. And as a result, these things need to come into play. So right. it, it, there's a balance factor that needs, needs to be had. You, you need to relax the dress code a little bit. You need to do these things, but also implement community-wide things or whatever it may be that say, you know what, Brad, season ticket holder, traditional guy, this and that, here's what we can offer you to keep you around. Right. If you want to sponsor, that's great. We're bringing in, you know, this demographic is growing by 8% a year, the 8 to 14-year-olds or something like that. I don't know what the what the stats look like, but I know that in order to keep it growing, just like the game of golf, just in order to keep it going, you have to start at the ground up. And it's not a six-team league anymore, so there is a lot more room for growth and a lot more need for growth. It's not, it's not an old boys club the way it was when I was a young boy. So it, things don't look great, though. I was talking to somebody at work. Things don't look great. Um, he's got kids in in high school hockey and youth hockey and things. Things don't look great at that level with associations around Colorado, especially um, pulling certain programs. There's only there's multiple double A programs or there's no no double A programs or there's none of this or there's too much of that and everything. And then of course the the issues that you and I have talked about at that at that level right. with the, the corruption aspect and kind of the old boys club insider you're in you're in the circle or you're not kind of kind of mentality yeah. that I experienced firsthand and you see going on through through different organizations associations I? and organizations and so hopefully marketing can can get better and hopefully these things can change because right now 
um, USA Hockey and even Hockey Canada are running are running these next generation of players to keep the game growing. Right. They're running them into the ground. Yeah. It's it's less. Well, I, okay. So before I get too far along, you bring up a good point for a segue. So tell me just off the. I'm just going from the top of my head here. Tell me what these guys have in common. Scotty Bowman, John Cooper, Pat Burns, Mike Keenan, Bob Hartley. Uh, more recently, oh, who else is in there? Who am I forgetting? I know I'm going to think of a whole bunch more. Uh, Mark Crawford comes to mind. Uh, John Tortorella. Know what all those guys have in common? Stanley Cup winning coaches never played that amounted to anything. Ken Hitchcock. Uh, so as soon as as soon as general managers and coaches and presidents of hockey operations and owners and everybody else gets the idea through their head that you do not have to have ever played the game at the NHL level in order to coach or run a franchise or know what you're doing business wise marketing wise you don't the, the two are not they're not tied together and and that's that's something that goes back to minor hockey and what you and i have experienced where well gee this guy must know what he's doing he you know he played for colorado college back in the 80s or something so he's an expert it doesn't matter what you know it matters what you can teach yeah so i i agree with you if you're going to if you're going to get the sport to become anything but a cult sport the way it was when i was a kid you're going to have to expand to the to the idea that maybe there is a John Cooper out there who knows more than anything, more than anybody else, how to coach a team in, in the National Hockey League. He never played. Well, and that's that speaks to all levels where where you know you talk like I mentioned with the inner circle of things at different associations and right. stuff. There's this old boys club where you're not welcome unless you've unless you've gone for beers with with so and so or unless you've done this or unless you've done that or unless so and so decides that hey you're worthy enough of giving a a, a a vouch a vouching for to the big man you know in the office you know whoever that might be so and it's part of the problem it's one of those things though when we talk about and we'll transition after this but more you talk about the growing of the game more and more it and I'm careful to say this cuz I'm not a big advocate more and more as as the years go by that um, if a team struggles, it's because the coach lost the room. No. You're, you're multi-million dollar professional athletes. Yeah. At some point, at some point, you should all be able to play even without a coach because you're 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 professionals. You're you're making millions of dollars playing right. playing a game. I love the game. And I'm and I'm 100% not an advocate for participation trophies or for softness or anything like that. But you're professionals and you're making millions of dollars playing a game. You should be to the to the level enough that if you could or wanted to, you could play without a coach. So this idea that the coach lost the room or the coach is the first one fired when you have a bad year. Yeah. I'm, no, I think it, I think it's overplayed. But what I will say, nonetheless, though, is you're seeing more and more where these old school coaches. Again, you talk about marketing. These old school coaches are not having as big of an effect. John Tortorella is a tremendous coach that any player that liked him has glowing things to say about him. But every team he touches can't get out of can't get past 500, and right like like this old school mentality type of thing right wrong or indifferent we're not here to debate whether or not it's the way it should be but right it's not it's not effective much anymore and you're seeing coaches like babcock and tortorella and hitchcock and these guys kind of slowly fading fading out a little bit and you're seeing more what you would call player coaches and right john cooper is an example and I don't know the ins and outs of that organization, but John Cooper seems to me like an, an example of a player's coach. I agree. Jared Bednar, a player's coach. Yes. 
Right. Patrick no. Waugh struggled to, to find, to figure out whether he was an old school guy or a player's coach. And it led to some issues that ultimately led to, to him kind of walking away. Right. I, I, and I agree with you on both counts. Number one, if you're making the, the guys get, the guys get 13 paychecks a year in gross dollars. There are guys that are going to be making a million dollars per paycheck first and the 15th during the regular season. You make that kind of money or you're a fourth liner and you make a hundred thousand every two weeks. That's still enough money that you should grow up and be a man and play for somebody that maybe doesn't think you're great. Maybe you get, maybe you fight for ice time. Maybe he doesn't like you. Maybe you don't like him. Maybe you don't like the way he does things tough. He's the boss. You don't fire the teacher when everybody in the room gets a C. So how is it that you, oh my gosh, well, our, our guys, you know, these 22-year-old guys that are making obscene amounts of money, they can't be expected to play for somebody they don't like. That's where I run afoul of the whole system. There, there, there's a balance to it all, though, is of the point I'm making. Like, you, yeah. can't, you can't fire the boss simply because a 22-year-old millionaire decides, oh, I, he said something mean to me, right? <laughs> but... It's a, but nonetheless, again, we're not here to necessarily debate whether we agree with it or whether it's right or wrong. Nonetheless, the game is going in the in the player's coach direction, oh, yeah. where, and so you're starting to see kind of the old school coach kind of go away. And again, and this is the last thing, and we will transition. But again, to me, there's also a difference between being an old school coach and just being an ass. Well, of course. Um, yeah, you have to treat the players with respect. The, the rumors going around about Babcock yeah. at, when he was outed, ousted from Toronto, um, those types of things, if there's truth to them, there's no room for that. that was there's one thing. It's one thing if you're a, if you're a, a workhorse coach, right. you know, this and that. It's another thing if you're just – if you're mistreating players and you're just an asshole, there, there's a, there's a difference, um, a major, major difference. Yep. Um, nonetheless, transitioning again, I, I'm on the ball with transitions this week. Um, Patrick Waugh. Yep. Rumors. He's, he's coming back to the NHL. Um, he has said he wants to come back to the NHL. His quote, and he's quoted as saying this, he's unsure if it will happen given how he left Colorado. Right. Now, that's understandable. Hey, respect to him for at least recognizing and acknowledging that. Yes. Um, because he didn't leave Colorado very, very professionally. No. He kind of just, in in a uh, Hall of Famer adult kind of way, folded his arms, stuck out his lower lip, said, I'm not doing it, and left. Right. That's not the way you go about it. And no. so, but for him to at least recognize that that wasn't the right way and it may hinder his ability to, to have an NHL job moving forward because it creates uncertainty for an organization as to how long he'll stick around type of thing. At least he recognizes it. Yep. Um, he, well, he's, he has been connected to the Rangers, though I think the Rangers just hired, just hired a coach. Yeah, they just um, they they whacked uh, Gerard Gallant at the end of the season, and I just heard it this morning. Why am I drawing blank on this? Here, I'll pull it up. But anyway, he was connected to the Rangers, and he's connected to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Right. Uh, and Babs is in Columbus now. Did he get hired in Columbus? Yeah. Okay, so these are things I've... I believe that's official. Through our techni technical difficulties, I've missed with all this stuff, but that's who he was connected to. You know the difference the difference between a player's coach and a hard nosed, maybe an old school type of coach if you had to classify him, you know what the difference is? Winning. If you're winning Peter Laviolette hired in oh, that's right. hired in New York. Yep. 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 So if you're winning, people will will put up with a lot more crap. Mm -hmm. The players. They'll do a they'll do a lot more bag skates and get a lot more chewing out. Okay. If you're winning. <clears throat> Did Let's we see. settle the Phoenix franchise situation? Did we? Did okay. we ever get to a, a? Nothing here says Babcock's been hired. It okay. says he's expected to be. Yeah. Okay. He's their choice, and right. he's expected to be. Nothing official, um, but it is official for Laviolette in New York. Yep. Um, okay. And we again, we're good at this. We went off on tangents in regards to Arizona. <laughs> so let's circle back yeah. in regards to Arizona. 
well, I guess we kind of finished it because we because we I closed it with with saying that it's dependent on the thirty one other owners. Right. It's time to move on. And at some point, they got to wake up and realize it's, it, we can't keep doing this. Yeah. And and that that's the only thing, because right because we went off on the tangent of marketing and all this stuff. That's the only thing that speaks to somebody like Gary Patman is money. Right. And, and so. And that's where the board of governors you, need to step in. You pull the money. Right. The other th- the thirty one owners kind of. Take take a line in the sand and and pull pull their money, and Batman will have no choice but to kind of go well. Sorry, you're yeah. you're SOL. So yeah. gotta uh, find a new ownership and a new. As town. as of right now, it's it's not looking good for Arizona, um, but time will tell what happens. Um, we did touch on uh, the rumors around future expansion in uh, places like Houston and Atlanta. Um, whether that occurs or not, we don't know. And even if it did, it would be f- several years down the road. Um, that would that would bring with it the need to expand the playoffs. That would be if you get beyond thirty-two teams. Now, less than half of them make the playoffs. If you can leave the format the way it is, you've got to expand the playoffs then, and then you get into a whole a whole scheduling issue around how do you. Well, how do you make enough money for an eighty or ninety or hundred million dollar? Here's the here's cap here's how you fix this and condense it. Here's the how you fix the scheduling issue, and it's very simple, and it's not a far stretch to think that it would be possible, but it would be many many years to finally to to finalize, and that is, you would have to expand the league enough to where all the divisions are equal again. Right. So right. you'd have to okay, we're going to expand now to say Salt Lake. Well, now Salt Lake's another, you could put them in the central. They're close enough to Colorado. You could put them in the central. So let's just say they're in the central. So now you've got an, an extra team, nine teams, I believe at that point in the central, in the central. eight everywhere else. Yeah. So, so then three years after that, you would need to, okay, now we're going to put a team in Atlanta. Well, now they'll be in this, in the Southeast. They'll be in the division with, Washington and and the Panthers and all this stuff, but now that's nine for them, nine for the Central, and eight for the other two, and so you got to keep doing it every how many years until each division has nine again. Right. So so that creates the need for six more teams than what you have right now, and you still have sick sickly franchises, mm-hmm. namely the Coyotes. Yeah. So again, I think I think expansion's fun for certain fans to think about. Um, I think there is money there revenue wise for the league, but I think they're being blinded by that so soon after Seattle to kind of go, Ooh, okay, where else can, where else might we expand when they haven't even solved Arizona's issues? So we'll, we'll close Arizona with that one. Um, Matthews and Leafs. Now this was, this was prior to Dubis leaving, right? Matthews and Leafs wanted mutually wanted an extension. The rumor would be that it would be a four to five year range. In doing so, he would be the highest AAV in the league. Now, obviously, um, Dubis out. Um, Jason Spezza has quickly become his right hand man because where he's gone, Spezza's gone. Yep. They're both now in Pittsburgh, um, but they've now left. So, what does that mean? Not only for Sheldon Keefe, but for Austin Matthews, Willie Nylander. Um, your core guys in Toronto. So I know we're done with Arizona, but that just, that pretty much finishes, that closes the door on Matthews leveraging going back to Arizona at some point, because if they don't have a building, they don't have a franchise, they're still out in the, in wherever that was, wherever they are before they moved to the university into their 5,000 seat building. Nobody's going to go there. Not least of all, a guy that wants to make fifteen million a year. So that that reduces Matthew's leverage because the people that are that are able to take on that contract are going to be very very few and far between. So yeah, I think it's likely. It became a lot more likely he gets done in Toronto with at least a, a four or five year deal to get him into early UFA. Oilers go all in next year. They're only um, a goaltender away from being somebody you don't want to play. They go all in. Uh, you think so? You think their their depth wise around McDavid is enough that 
that they can do it. If they can keep that roster fairly intact, especially on defense, if they can keep Ekholm and Nurse and and not lose the the key pieces, I they've got a they've got a team just because of that dynamic firepower they have. They just have to get B plus goaltending out of either Campbell or Skinner, one or the other, call, or get a new guy. Call me a cynic. I I just I'm. I have to see it to believe it. Yeah. Well, and, until it happens. So yeah, of course. it's it's hard for me to say that that McDavid and Drysaddle alone are enough to to no. to carry no. them. That you need depth scoring. You need this and that. McDavid has to finally not maybe not have a hundred point season, and the the wealth's got to be spread around a little bit. And that's not McDavid's fault. That's the organization for not putting the necessary pieces around him that that can do that. So, um, and I, and I'm not saying they're directly correlated. Um, I'm not conflating that idea, but what I am saying is it just to make my over exaggerated point that the season that McDavid has less than a hundred points is the season that I'm scared of the Edmonton Oilers because now it's somebody other than McDavid. Somebody else is beating you. Finally. Now it's, Oh crap! McDavid's on the bench, and now we're dealing with. We're still down four nothing. Now it's we're dealing with name him right yeah, like right. The second that happens, I'm I'm gonna be sitting here going, oh boy, Uh-oh. here come the Oilers. Yeah. Right. Now, could I couldn't could I be eating these words at this time next year with the Edmonton Oilers as 2024 champions or as this or that? Maybe, but early prediction right now. It's hard for me to say the Edmonton Oilers can go anywhere, even with McDavid, the almighty McDavid, unless you put the pieces around him, or at least the pieces around him prove that they can step up and do it. If the pieces are already there, then they need to step up and prove that they are those pieces, which to me they have not done yet. When you build a contender, and as you know in Colorado, in Toronto, in Edmonton, now in Vegas, in Tampa, in Miami, there's a name them. There, there are probably 10 or 12 legitimate contenders in the league. You build a contender, your chances of getting out of the first round are still 50-50 because you're playing another contender right off the, right off the hop. So you, everybody has to get used to the idea that, yes, I've got McDavid or, yes, I've got McKinnon or Matthews or Sid Crosby or whomever, and we still might not get out of the first round year after year. Because what do you do? You're running into Vasilevsky. You're running into the L.A. Kings in the heyday. You're running into the Blackhawks in the heyday. You're, you're, it's just difficult to make those decisions about do we blow it up or what do we do with it? How, how can we be so close and so good? Well, because everybody else is too. So, yes, if I say they're a goaltender away from being you know, a legitimate contender. They still have to get past Colorado. They still have to get past Vegas. They might have to get past the uh, the L.A. Kings. And in a couple of years, if they go if they go about things right, they might have to get past the Ducks, or Seattle, or anybody else. I you know I mean what's what's going to happen in Calgary? So yeah, it's, it's the it's league easy is to be a contender. It's not easy to get beyond just simply contending. No, which and Nashville and Minnesota and all them are prime examples of that. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I I don't I'm not a big fan of bouncing back and forth, but to go back again, are there better coaching options in Toronto than Sheldon Keefe? Uh, yeah, I, I you'd have to be now. In the, now that that goes with the discussion again of did has he lost the room? Is he this? Is he that? Which again, to reiterate the point, I'm not the biggest advocate for that notion, but um, at this point, is there a a better coach option that we opinion-wise, think might fit better. I'll tell you why I don't think so. And I got no skin in the Sheldon Keefe game at all. Good or bad, right? They Every year in the first and now second round, they just run into an absolutely mindless, unconscious goaltender. Whether it's Bobrovsky this year, or it's Vasilevsky the last couple of years, or Corpus Allo in Columbus when they got bounced in the first round. Or Tukarask from Boston. Tukarask. So 
Is that coaching? No, it's it's the luck of the draw. Bobrovsky could have been if he was if he was December Bobrovsky, the Leafs win in five. He's out of his mind. When that happens at the right time, and we talk about it every year going into the playoffs, who's going to win? Well, whoever stays healthy and whoever has a great goaltender. And it's not just a great goaltender. It's a great goaltender at the right time. So I, for that reason, I don't believe that Keith is the, pro- Keith is the problem. No. Okay. Well, I just thought I'd ask So, because uh, you know a little more about the ins and outs of the Leafs than I do. Um, Good question. Potential fit in Colorado for Willie Nylander. That's the rumor going around. That would make um, sense. In exchange for? Well, that's the, that's always the question, isn't it? <laughs> um, in exchange for who? Colorado just acquired from Dallas, a, a forward from Dallas. Right. Um, there's rumors they're in on a Burakovsky-type player out of New Jersey. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. And, it, again, it all depends on – you know, the Landeskog money and, and what they do with the cap room they have and what pieces they're willing to move and all this stuff. Um, if, with so with Landy out, I think it opens the door for more players like Willie Nylander. If, if Landy were in, I think, I think you're starting to look at a little bit, being a little bit more picky on the type of player you want to slot into your, to your 2C position. He changes the whole top six depth. He changes the look of that entire thing. So, so absolutely right. But, you know, Nylander probably would never have thought I'd say this three years ago. Nylander has a lot of places he can fit in just fine. He can score. He can score in bunches. He can score clutch goals. Um, his, his, def- his play without the puck has really improved. And I'm not, as you know, I'm not his biggest fan. But I gotta give, I gotta salute the guy. I'll I'll say this about him. To me, he's a Duchesne type player in the sense that he's not a guy to carry the load on the top, in the top three. I I think if you slot him second or third, mid, middle six type, I right. think he can be a dangerous guy in in your lineup. Oh, I, sure. But I think part of the problem in Toronto is he, you've you've slotted him on the on the wing with with Matthews on your top line since he came into the league and that's proven to not really be a successful experiment. He's he's not he's not a, a guy, to me he doesn't scream guy who who can consistently at at the rate of a Matthews or maybe a Marner at the rate of a McKinnon or a Kucherov at the rate of a McDavid or you know, or no. name or name the the star player at that rate. Can he go against the other team's top guys consistently every night and produce? That's that's my question. So well, that's that, and there's a lot of guys in the game that you could put on a line with Matthews and Marner who could produce. Oh, for sure. So it put him, stick him with Alex Kerfoot on in the three hole. And show me if he can put up thirty and thirty. Well, that's kind of what I mean. Like, yeah, like you've played him with Marner and Matthews, and and when you do that, of course he's going to produce. He puts up 70, 60, 70 points a year. Of course he's going to produce, but something's still not clicking. So put him in the middle six. Let him let him carry the load in the middle six as the guy in the middle six for somebody, and see see if he can give you twenty five goals, forty assists. In that position, absolutely. And, and and if he can, now you've got yourself. Oh wow, that, he, that changes his value altogether. Yeah. So, just an interesting interesting thought. I don't know if Toronto will move him or part with him, but it's an interesting interesting thought to think of uh, Nylander in Colorado. Colorado does need to um, move some money out. Still, uh, there's rumors, and I. Hate it, hate it, hate it. I don't want to see it. There's rumors that they're going to move Devon Taves. Um, no, 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 no. I don't. I really don't. To me, uh, if you're going to move somebody in the back end, to me, it's Sam Gerrard. Well, that's an automatic. To me, you got to move Sam Gerrard. That's five million. He's he's too similar movement wise to your Bo Byrams and your Kale McCars, and 
he's proven to be a major, major liability come playoff time on the back end. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, he's a conditional draft pick. He, he's and, and a salary he clear, dump. He's, you salary dump and you get a you get a draft pick for him, and you keep your top defensive pair of Taves and McCarr. For sure. Plain and simple. To me, that's the easiest thing. Whether that happens or not, we'll see. Um, two C options in Colorado. There's been rumors of uh, Elias Lindholm. Yeah, uh, had a big year in Calgary. Schmaltz out of Arizona, um, and Kuznetsov out of Washington. Now, again, is that really the optics you want to go with after the ins and outs of Nichushkin to then go and trade for a guy who, or sign, <laughs> or I, I'm drawing a blank on his status, um, a guy that has had his own off-ice issues with drugs and, and different things like that. Yeah. Well, the optics-wise, I don't, I don't know if that would be the best, but those as are as an least. update for our listeners. Nachushkin has been cleared of any wrongdoing by the league. The league has completely done away with the issue, and he is going to be in camp. So that's a big plus. So and that, that also changes your strategy. Oh, for so sure. He's back now. You've got his six million still on the cap. You can't can't hide him anywhere, but. You've also got a big body guy that's good for 25 or 30 in the lineup every night. Yep. So good news, bad news. Take, win some, lose some in that regard. Um, so we, we've covered Arizona. Um, we've covered some, some lineup things. We've covered Toronto. Um, Hellebuck has said he's done in Winnipeg. He's, yeah. he's not signing in Winnipeg. He's said that. He's, he's just not. And he's been connected to Buffalo or New Jersey. Right. Uh, that would not be a sense. big get for either one of those teams Absolutely. who are on the up and in terms of what they're what they're doing. Buffalo's got the money to spend. Craig Anderson just retired, right? You, you, right. So you, you and Buffalo's finally looks to be a team that that can is starting to get to a point where they can consistently be there rather than go on a 15 game win streak and then tank. So if he's got four or five good years left, which would be a a stretch as much hockey as he's played in the last five to have him be your go-to your 60 game guy for the next five that'll be um, that'll be a big deal but it, it, that also depends on who you've got in the in the 1a or or the second hole so if he can if you can keep him in that 55 game range and keep uh, keep a few miles off of him then yeah he's probably a real good get Lafreniere to Vancouver he hasn't lived up, obviously, to your first overall status no. in New York. Um, could you see him in Vancouver? He's linked to to potentially be moved to Vancouver. Um, in return for what? No, no return rumors okay. at all. It's just you know the speculation that he could find himself potentially in Vancouver. He may need a new home, and he might be a late bloomer. I've seen too much of this kid. Like we all watched him play through junior and and. In 16, 17, 18 year old, he was he was something special. He's large. He got you know nobody pushed him around. He was fast. He had a mean streak. If he can develop that same kind of personality in the NHL, and who knows whether that is a coaching thing, a teammate thing, or a personal thing with him just not really hitting his stride yet. There's a lot of guys that that you give up on that three or four years later you go. Man, remember when we had him? What are we doing? How did we let that one get away? Yeah. Speaking of juniors, um, let's touch on it. Um, Wenatchee. Yep. So they just got they just the ownership group of the Wenatchee Wild of the BCHL. Yep. Just purchased the um, Winnipeg Ice of the WHL. The D- Winnipeg Ice are now moving to Wenatchee, Washington. That's another U.S.-based WHL team. They'll join that division in that conference. Um, That's the odd move to me. So they just, what, well, what, let me, they let just me, settled in Winnipeg. Let me ask what's what's from Kootenai. Yeah. Well, let me ask you what what's odd about it. Is it is it the move to Washington? Is it that ownership group? Is it everything? Like what's what's odd about it? Here's here's what absolutely makes no sense. You've got. A, a really, really big market in Winnipeg and the surrounding area. Oh, this, you're, you're not going to get that kind of support. Okay. 
What's new? Well, I just I pulled it up while we're talking about it, and there's a new a new um, news release regarding this. Um, what this means is that BCHL's wild franchise will no longer play in Wenatchee. Well, that was my second point. That town is not nearly big enough to support both WHL franchise. So, and so and to me, what it screams is that hockey was popular enough there that they're gonna that they're gonna move a WHL team, a bigger team, a bigger this and that, and BCHL's Wenatchee team will no longer play in Wenatchee. It's a, it says. Are they going to like Kennewick? They, they haven't, I, I, I haven't read any further. It okay. says um, Winnipeg Ice moving to Wenatchee for next season. This means that BCHL's wild franchise will no longer play in Wenatchee. Um, the ownership group in Wenatchee believes having a WHL team in their city is the best fit geographically, um, providing excellent opportunity to compete with Spokane, right. Seattle, um, Tri-City, Tri-Cities. Um, all that. Uh, the strategic move has been deemed in the best long-term interest of the market. Uh, the Wenatchee Wild has been a strong BCHL franchise, and we extend our best wishes for their continued success in the future. Um, said Graham Fraser, chairman of the BCHO Board of Governors. Uh, as a league, we are assessing our next steps, including reviewing the best options for players currently on the wild roster and uh, addressing schedule implications for the 24 season. So what that means, at least for the next season, is Wenatchee will not be there and, and or the wild will not be there, which means they won't be in a new place. That's just one now, one less team for the next season in the BCHO, which means which means I don't know what that there's nothing more that was it it's like a two paragraph thing so what that How means for what that means for the future of the Wenatchee Wild in regards to either relocation or or some or something or falling back into the North American Hockey League the NAHL right. which is where they originally came from um, or what I don't know it doesn't say all it says is that they're going to have to address what to do with the players currently on that roster for for where they get to play next year because because of this. Well, there will probably be a a supplemental draft through the BCHL where the, everybody else will pick up to those send players one or two have guys the opportunity yeah. to pick them up. It seems odd that they pulled the trigger on this Winnipeg move with no place to put the Wild, and you can't you can't put them back in the North American League because the North American League doesn't draw enough to support the travel to Wenatchee, Washington. It is too far out of the world. It's out of the way. Which is, I think, part of the reason why they moved to the BCHL in the first place. Because they're in the footprint of the BCHL. Now, does that mean, but does that mean they go back to the North American but relocate to a city that would fit better with the North American Hockey League? Right. Um, So that is, that is a question. Um, Again, there's no new information on the future of the of the, the wild franchise. It just it says um, it says the Winnipeg Ice are moving to Wenatchee, and as a result, as a result, um, David versus Goliath type thing. David's pushed out. Right. Right. Like, sorry. Um, no, that's that makes sense, and that was my second point. Like, I don't understand leaving Winnipeg, and I don't understand leaving Winnipeg two or three years after you moved there from the Kootenays, but I really don't understand going to Wenatchee, which is a very small market. And population-wise, if you are if you are drawing, if you are needing to draw any more than about 5% of your community's population to come to a game in order to make money or to survive, Wenatchee, Washington is going to be a very difficult deal. As you see by the Merritt Centennials, uh, and that's just in a BCHL environment. So that's why Penticton couldn't support the BCHL, or couldn't support the dub, because the community's too small. 25 or 30,000 people, yep. gotta, gotta have too many of them. You'd almost need everybody in town to, to come to every game all year long in order for it to really be beneficial. Um, I, from, a, from a junior perspective, I will say I like the move to Washington. Because it solves uh, some travel issues. Yeah. And now within with that, the majority of play within any hockey league is within division. The majority of your schedule is within division. So now it solves for the U.S. division. It solves some major travel issues. Now you're not nece- now you're that's one less team having to to cross the border twenty five times. That's one you know you're not doing this and that. And now Tri Cities, Spokane, Seattle, Wenatchee. Um, Am I, free? Spokane. Am I forgetting oh, one? Spokane. Am I forgetting one? Yeah. 
There are well, Portland. Portland, Portland is the fifth. Portland, um, yeah. and so now those five right there can now, for their chunk of the schedule, just bounce that around. They can and they can be in their own beds. That, three hour bus rides. They can be their own in their own beds that that same night. Right. So it, at least it solves that. And those franchises right there, those U.S. based franchises, will probably not make an astronomical amount of money, but they'll save some money. They're going to save a lot of travel expense for sure. So that's absolutely the point. Yeah. So, um, interesting. I wanted to do that. Um, regarding schedules. Now that we're on this, I meant to mention this earlier, completely glossed over it. Um, scheduling issue in the NHL, major, major failure. Um, Vegas and Edmonton in this year's playoffs. They're the only game on the schedule. Yep. Only game. And they were on at 10 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. So 10 p.m. in the east, 8 our time, 7 on the west. Yeah. But whether it's 7 p.m. or it's 2 a.m., why start that late when you're the only game on the schedule? I don't understand that. And that's, that. And there's been a lot of pushback on that. Like, yes. why? Why is that? And why in the world? Now, what if I remember correctly, they were on ESPN that night. And what that tells me is that ESPN prioritized NBA basketball or whatever was on over, over an NHL playoff game. Yes. Now, again, tie everything in a nice little bow. What this points to for me is, again, marketing issue from the NHL that they go to ESPN for, for their streaming rights no and all question. these things, and which is clearly a a network that doesn't prioritize hockey and never did. Even no. in the heyday of the NHL when ESPN was the carrier, they still didn't prioritize hockey. No. Barry Melrose was the best thing about it, and they still didn't prioritize it. They've and yet you've gone been. back to it, yes. and now clearly you're seeing the same issues where now they prioritize NBA basketball over an NHL playoff game yep. between one of your newest franchises yes, and one of your most storied franchises. And, and nobody east of Des Moines can even watch them because you're not going to stay up on a Wednesday night. You're not going to stay up until 1.30 in the morning trying to watch a game that between two teams you don't have any interest in. So that coupled with the television coverage debacle, which we probably don't even have time to get into. We can, we can touch it. We can catastrophe that. We is. can touch on it. Cause I'm, cause your, your, your head is in the clouds or in the dirt or up your own ass if you don't know about it, but we'll touch on it for the sake of it. The, the, Networks, the the availability of it on on TV has been a major major issue. Yep. Um, and it's and it's becoming a major issue for, across the league for every franchise. With the issues with Root Sports, I think it was, I think it was Root or which, it was something Bally Bally in regards to um, basically the same thing the Avalanche are going through. Right. And what that would mean is now the Ducks, the Panthers, and a number of, I think Minnesota and a number of other teams would be shit out of luck for having their, their teams even on the local market television, Correct. let alone national, because of it. And so you're starting to see it. So the Avalanche are now on Fubo, and that's 70 bucks a month just to watch the Avalanche, unless you have direct TV. And cable in and of itself is not cheap anymore, no matter what carrier you go with. So either way, you're paying 70 bucks a month for Fubo or whatever you're paying for direct TV just to watch the Avalanche. Because who's who in their right mind is paying for cable anyway with all these streaming services? So yeah, you're so not going to have both. So you're, you're not, you may or may not be able to afford both. So now you're giving up what your four-year-old like, wants to watch or, or this or that so you can afford to watch your hockey team, but you're paying 70 bucks a month for Fubo just to watch the Avalanche, and then otherwise you're not using it. Okay, enter Dana White. Enter Dana White. So Because don't you can't tell me at the same time you're trying to grow the game and at the same time you're trying to attract the younger generation, and you write during that playoff run while you're talking about inclusion and growth and all that nonsense, during the playoff run, the television coverage was fractured completely between TBS, TNT, ESPN, and now you've got all nearly 20 local franchises who do not have a TV deal. See, I want to. I want to know where the wo where the woke activists are in this, right? Because nobody can because watch. not only nobody can watch, but it it calls into question again the affordability of the game of hockey. Correct. So now, even somebody who's not playing the game but likes it. And you can be somebody in 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 
and I'm going to, I want to try and say this sensitively, but you can be somebody in a, in a lesser area, a lesser market, a lesser area in however you want to classify it. Rural market, rural market, urban market, whatever. Yeah. But loves to, loves their LA Kings or whatever. But now you can't watch because you can't afford to pay for Fubo or for yeah, whatever, or for whatever, four or five tra- streaming and services so now, and cable yeah, and cable just to be able to watch it. And yeah. now, how are you going to be able to afford it? Let alone play the game, let alone anything else. But nobody's batting an eye at it. No. You want to watch playoff hockey? You have. You now have to have ESPN Plus. You now have to have TNT. Whatever. What TNT, either through cable or whatever streaming service they have. Yep. And Sling TV, which is Sling. where all that or whatever. Fubo. And those are how many different streaming services? 70 bucks a month here, 10 bucks a month there, 25 bucks a month there, just to watch just to watch playoff hockey. And when you turn on TNT, if you don't have a cable provider, you still can't watch it. No. You can stream it and it'll and as soon as it gets to click here, enter your cable provider. And if you don't have cable and all the streaming services, you are done. And it's the playoffs. And it's seven o'clock on a Friday night, and you cannot watch a game in any market. In any market, and so it it, it circles back, ties in a little bow when we talk about marketing and talk yeah. about all these things. It's just it's a it's a massive massive failure. What a- all all coming to light from little things here and there, like why the Edmonton Vegas game was the only game on the schedule, and they were on at ten p.m. Right, like if you want to. If you want to market to the younger crowd, to a, a a bunch of fans and players that are coming up between the ages of seven or eight or twelve or fifteen and on, then listen to your social media, because that's where it's all happening now, and that's where the feedback is. And if you are not watching all the frustration over the television coverage and the start times and the streaming services and the nature of one night it's TBS, one night it's TNT, one night it's ESPN. Next night, it's ESPN Plus. In the United States, you're completely out of luck. In Canada, at least if you have Sportsnet, you can watch. And Sportsnet's on every cable, you know, every cable and satellite service. So it's, it, it is a debacle. And look it's something at, look they've at us, got to fix. Look at us giving a compliment to Canada <laughs> with, all the, with all the crap going on there. Um, I want to touch on a few things and then we'll close out real quick. Yep. I'll just Sounds do a rapid fire touch on. Um, I both read from just like fan pages on social media as well as from your Elliot Friedman's, the potential yep. for different um, rule changes. Um, touch on these. Just give a quick rapid fire yes or no. I'll give you a yes or no. Yes or no. And, and then for some, if yes or no isn't sufficient, give a give a reason why good or bad whatever okay but we'll, we'll we'll hit on it okay um again and there's no traction to these these are purely speculation at this point cap hit and playoffs it should be there yes 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 should be there yes um while while tampa and these teams are not doing anything wrong with their ltir loopholes they're not breaking any rules it would balance things to where now now everybody's everybody's right there. Yeah, it it somewhat levels the playing field, especially for the second level of contenders. Yep, a hundred percent. So both agree, yes, yep. for cap hit. Yes. Um, talk of the puck over the glass penalty being treated like icing. That's probably not a bad idea. Rather than necessarily a penalty, it would be yeah. treated like icing. I yeah, I would have to say that that is. As much as, hey, it's a rule, you know, it's a, the ball going over the out-of-bounds line on the golf course. It's a rule. Play within the rule. But most of the time when that happens, somebody is under pressure, and it's, that's why it was put in. Under pressure. The defensemen under pressure. They're exhausted right. or whatever, and they are just kind of throwing it up off the glass and to just try and get it out of the zone. Out she goes. And so I, yeah. that they, and. And I have no problem with it because it's the same rule for everybody. It's not It's not something you can argue. It's not a hooking penalty or anything. So it's fine, but it's a really nasty way to lose a hockey game in the third period. 
to take that kind of penalty. Yeah. Yeah. That's just really difficult. Uh, So speaking of, of penalties affecting a goal, we'll get to one here in a second. Um, The next one we both agree with, but I'll say it anyway. Uh, Take away the instigator. Take away the instigator. Should never have been put in. Take Take away away the instigator. instigator. We agree a hundred percent. Remove the trapezoid. A hundred percent. Should never have been put in. Yes. Okay. Another one. This is, this one is particular in particular is from a, a hockey fan page. It's definitely no traction on this one, at least right now. Uh, ten minute overtime in in regular season. I I still like watching games that get settled before the shootout starts. I agree. I will say this about ten minute overtime. You move it to ten minutes. You make it four and four. Either that, or you bring a lot more players into into uh, the overtime period because you can't you can't throw McDavid okay. out there for okay. I'll say four this. minutes out of five. Okay, I'll say this: either make it four on four again, take away three on three, or yeah. you 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 implement where the, the a team has to use a certain number of players within an overtime period. Type yeah. of type of idea. You that can't just use. stick out Nathan McKinnon and Mikhail McCarr and let right. them. Run in circles for for four and a half minutes. Okay, that's if, what if they've if they if they've done that, fine. They go for their change, and now they're done until right. six others or until whatever have have hit the ice. It it creates it creates that type of ability. So you're I agree to I to fill out the elongated overtime. And if you've got you might you might be the guy who says, look, get some better guys. If you don't like the way overtime's played, if you don't like McDavid taking the puck and ragging it for two and a half minutes until he gets the combination in the situation he likes, and then bang, it's in the it's in your net. If you don't like that, get get some better guys. Or, you know, implementing that so many guys on the ice, you know, during overtime would be a that would be a difficult one. I'm afraid if you go to ten minutes and you have because I know how players and coaches like to take every advantage and game the system. You go to ten minutes three on three you're going to have just that you're going to have a lot of standing still you're going to have a whole lot of the game grinding to a halt while our guys while our best guys are mckinnons and crosby's and those guys they all catch their breath while they skate around in circles and play keep away yep agreed so so i think we agree there's more cons than pros for a 10 minute overtime i yeah as much as i would like to see more games settled uh in overtime i think five minutes is, is the way to go i'll add another wrinkle to it 10-minute overtime, but also do that, no more shootout. Right. So the well, second you get, move to 10 minutes now, the game either ends, it's going to end how it ends. Right. So it either ends with a tie, which means now you re-implement zero points or one point for a tie, whatever you choose, and no shootout. Or, or for a number of reasons like we just talked about, you, you leave it five minutes, leave it three on three, and kind of leave it where it is because I would I, I would give you this while we're talking practicality and you we've talked about this for years on this podcast take out the ice take out the instigator that's going to save a lot of injuries take out the trapezoid going to save a lot of injuries and speed the game up take out the if you're going to tinker with three on three five minute overtime get rid of the overtime loss point and you probably shorten some of that also. So if teams aren't playing to squeeze out that true, point, true. then now, now there's, sudden, there's some urgency there's to, to ensure that you're the one coming out on top because then bingo. you get a point, Correct. you get an extra point in the standings. And if you don't, then now you, you don't just get one, you get zero. zero. And now maybe That's, there's some urgency even in the 10 minutes where now, wait a minute, hold on. We can't just grind it to a halt. We can't perfect. just do this and that because one, yeah. there's no shootout. And two... Yeah. Two, we've we've got to do this, otherwise we get no points. So right, I, I would think that w- I, I would love to see that as part of any kind of an overtime and, and shootout remodel. Okay, the final one, the final final one, um, a coach's challenge for missed penalties if it leads to a goal. Now this could we could carry on about this for a long long time. I will say this, and we'll leave it at this. Or at least I will. Um, the only way coaches, coaches' challenges or any reviews are going to go is more. Right. We are too deep now. There's no going back. No. 
You're not going to If you were going to start to question why is this here, you should have done that before you implemented the first one how many years ago. Yeah. You're, you've, you're now in it. There's no going backwards because now everybody ha- players have the tablets. Re- officials have Toronto and this, and fans have all these different angles. Too much of an uproar. If you if you just go okay, sorry, it's gone. So it, yeah. you're not going to go backwards, whether we like that or not. So the only way it's going to go is either stand pat, or you're going to start to see more review. So the idea being, a coach's challenge if there's a goal on a missed penalty on a per- missed penalty or perceived missed penalty, whether that's a whether that's a penalty that shouldn't have been one, mm-hmm. or whether that was a blatant penalty that the official didn't call. Yeah, I agree. And and, and, so and it's are, it's become more relevant after this year's playoffs. I, yeah, I agree. And I, I can see why it's coming up now. I'll, well, go back maybe, to the, Maybe we can discuss more in detail next time. Yeah. But it's, but it's, a, it's at least a, a floating around thought from different people on a potential rule change. You know what? Let's talk about it next time. And I will in the between now and then I will talk with our NHL ref source pals yeah. and and see what kind of uh, what kind of feedback we get from them. Okay, sounds good. All right, well, um, hey, this is fun. This was fun. Hopefully, when we edit it together and everything, it comes out okay, and we can upload it for everybody. If not, then we just we just shot the shit about hockey for an hour for for giggles. It's okay um, with me. So anyway. Um, if if we're able to upload it, we hope you enjoy it. We appreciate your patience with technical difficulties, yep. um, and we appreciate you guys continuing to to listen and tune in. Uh, Warm the Hockey Podcast and at Warm the Hockey Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, respectively. And uh, yeah, hopefully, if this works, we'll be able to get a little more consistent with our recordings. And at doing so, whether it's twice a week or once every week get a little more consistent with it i'm in all right so i appreciate you uh, trekking here for the studio time um, okay, that's uh, always my pleasure enjoy the off season so um coming up here real quick is the draft yep draft um, free agency is the draft um a lot going around with that good yep. and bad including the likes of chicago with the first overall pick um nuts to that um and then week and a half after that is free agency yep and then and then from there you'll get a little breather with coverage maybe not necessarily from us but from just around the league um and then in real short order you'll start seeing uh, you'll start seeing guys hitting back to their cities for camp so um fast moving so enjoy it and uh we'll be sure we will continue to work on uh, microphones and whatever we need to to um, join you guys through that process so evan and i with warm the hockey podcast we appreciate you guys thanks yeah thanks for listening cheers